You know, when God is Lord of our life, he always makes provision for his people. Now, I want you to think about that because that's really important. We're going to talk about that today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery. We are discovering the Psalm, Psalm 68 today. Uh, this is really interesting as we focus on this. Corey's going to help us with Ryan. Corey, what's going on? I'm taking a look at siege warfare and how it interacts with the Old Testament of the Bible. Ryan? Well, today is promised. I'm going to be going on a deep dive to check out some of the largest underwater mammals known to man. I, this is amazing. <laughs> I love these uh, particular pieces, guys. It's great. Janice? Let God Arise is my segment today. All right, very good. So get out your Bible. Let's open it up because the Lord has spoken to us and his voice is propagated in the word of God. So let's open it up and discover what God has said to both you and to me and to us. Psalm 68 verses 1 through 10. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, Selah, the earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, O God, sent a plentiful rain, whereby you confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. Your congregation dwelt in it. You, O God, provided from your goodness for the poor. Psalm 68, verses 1 through 10. Psalms 65, 66, 67, and 68. These are the Psalms we continue to read as we go through the Bible in one year. It's very exciting. Now, we've done this uh, 31 other times, and this is our 32nd year through the Bible, so this is absolutely great. When the Lord rules, things change. When the Lord rules, things change. And when God does not rule, things change for the worst. When God does not rule, things change for the worst. There was once a city whose leaders were very careful to follow God's commands. And that city, they did very well. But there were other city leaders who chose to ignore God and his ways in these other cities. They did not do well, and they were trampled by their own desires to gain land, wealth, and prosperity. They tried to become powerful and to be on the right side in their own merit, tarnishing each decision they made with 
selfishness. Now, when we are careful to move in the direction of God's Holy Spirit, we will do the things God desires for us. With that commitment to follow God with our lives, this brings his goodness and his protection over us. Psalm 68 is a great song of David, reminding us to let the glory of God arise in our hearts and our minds. The glory of God to arise in our hearts and our minds. When that happens, the wicked tend to flee away. We would do well to align ourselves with the will of God and to do the things his way. Very, very important. And as we think about this today, this is really interesting Take your Bible guide and turn to the passage. And I want to say thank you for your donations. They tremendously help us. That's the only way that we have uh, any income from anybody. So thank you for that. We don't tell you the amount. To just God will speak to you. It's 38 pages. And we do that every month, fresh and new for you. And uh, we'll send it to you. But uh, we uh, understand the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And as he does, uh, we thank you for your giving. It keeps us alive. Today, when God rules, Father, I pray today, when God rules, and we don't like rules, we have used our freedom desires to do whatever we want, but Lord, there are rules to protect each other from each other. And we need to understand that. We need to get that. And we need to focus on the idea of helping our neighbors as well as helping us. And Father, help us to to really get that in our spirit, teach us how to think in your Psalms. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' wonderful name. Help us today. And we all said together, amen and amen. I, I, I love the Psalms because the Psalms teaches us how to think. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. If we are Christians, we have to think as God teaches us in his word. So uh, Psalm 68 is one of those that do that. So let's look at it. Psalm 68, verse 1. It says, let God arise, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him, <laughs> they hate God, flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Now, this is really interesting because we understand that when we truly seek to live the way the Lord commanded our life is better. The way the Lord commanded, not like we want to live, but the way the Lord commanded our life is better. Living God's way brings a supernatural joy and a supernatural peace. And I have people who say to me, well, you're a mystic. What are you talking about? And I say, no, I'm not. I am a realist. And if you have faith in human nature, you have a whole lot more faith than I do. I just look at history and I can see human nature has done terrible over history. Every weapon he's ever made, he's used on himself, mankind. Are you, we, we thought, you know, we've advanced. We think we've advanced. How advanced are we in the Ukraine right now? How advanced are we in Russia right now? We've really advanced, really? We haven't advanced. You can't advance from sin. Sin is sin. You can't advance from that. So we need to understand that. 
God's way is the best way, beloved. That's how we need to think in terms of Christianity in our minds. Now, Psalm 68 verse 4 says, Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name. Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless, he is. A defender of the widows, he is. Is God in his holy habitation? God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those. Now, now I want you to pay attention to this line. I just want you to think. If you're in business, I want you to think carefully about this. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. I could take a whole half an hour to do a sermon on that, but I'm just going to highlight this. God places widows and orphans at the top of his list. They are favored by the Lord. We should give relief and help to those who are troubled. Remember, beloved, God spoke to us in this psalm and said, there are those who are bound in prosperity. I want to tell you, First uh, Timothy chapter 6 also tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil. And many have sought after it and wrecked their faith because of it. Well, what happens to First Timothy chapter 6 when we talk about prosperity doctrines? Well, we need to talk about the whole Bible, not just one part of it. Very important. All right. Psalm 68 says, O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, O God, sent a plentiful rain whereby you confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. You, your congregation dwelt in it. You, O God, provided from your goodness for the poor. I, I, this is awesome. God always makes provision for his people. And I can say who are teaching his word. God always makes provision for his people. The Lord blesses us when we are obedient to him. Beloved, as we read the Bible and understand the word of God and we are obedient to it, God blesses us. Praise God. Now that blessing isn't like a billion dollars or something like that. That blessing is peace. That blessing is love. That blessing is joy. That blessing is healing. That blessing is help. No matter what we face, beloved, keep that in mind. When we focus on the ways of God, Lord, teach me your ways. Show me your paths. Help me to do them in my life. Help me to take them on. Because Holy Spirit, only you can do that. Help me to do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. That's how we pray. That's how we think. That's how we move forward. And beloved, today, if ever we needed that, we need people to begin to live that way right now, in Jesus' name.
Today, you and I are going to be addressing a rather brutal thing, and that has to do with ancient warfare. So we're going to specifically speak on sieges um, and ancient armies besieging towns. We do see this several times in the history portions of the scripture. So especially, you know, when you think of the time period of the kings, we know that Samaria was besieged a few times. Jerusalem was besieged a few times. There were a se- there are several cities that are specifically mentioned. But also here in the Psalms, you know, David uses this type of warfare uh, to illustrate how he is feeling. So in Psalm 27, verse three, he says, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. So he's speaking of his faith to God. And as we study what besiegement actually was, we're going to realize what a bold statement that is, that he's not even going to be afraid during a siege. And then Psalm 31, verse 21 says, praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. And let me tell you, when you're in a city under siege, you're not going to be expecting to see the wonders of the love of God. You're going to be expecting devastation and hardship. Take a look. From very early times, people have found it necessary to build walls around their living spaces. For cities, these protective fortifications could be quite elaborate, including double wall systems with steep space between to provide a defensive advantage, moats, towers, complex gate structures, and thick wooden metal-covered doors. But just as people worked to fortify their cities, others worked to find ways of destroying them. There were several ways of trying to compromise fortifications, but none was so dreaded than the most obvious, a siege. When an army would attack a walled city, they knew that this battle could last for years, and so it was an expensive, logistically challenging, physically, mentally draining process. A siege essentially imprisoned the citizens of a walled city, giving them two choices, surrender now or face thirst, starvation, and death. Historically, when an invading army finally did break through the defenses of a walled city, major atrocities were committed. Sometimes years of anger and hatred had developed before the excited frenzy of success, resulting in mass murder, abuse, and at best, enslavement. To imprison the citizens inside of their own walled city, an attacking army would set up a perimeter around the city using ditches and moats and building walls and towers. The army would camp and live around these new fortifications. No one or thing could go to or from the city. With these preparations complete, they would begin attacks against the fortifications themselves. These attacks were varied. Sappers would attempt to collapse walls by digging tunnels underneath using wooden support beams. When they believed they were at the right location, they'd set the support beams on fire to cause the tunnels and hopefully the wall to collapse. While the sappers were digging, others would attack the walls at strategic locations using battering rams with blades to pry between brick and stone. Fires could be set against the walls with hopes that the great heat would eventually begin to crack and compromise them. Gates were also attacked with battering rams and fire, though once through a gate, the military would often have to deal with a tight, winding, defensive space and sometimes a secondary gate. Large ladders were also used to simply scale the wall. And while this was a dangerous business, when used altogether, these strategies could be effective in breaching defenses and at least in lowering the resilience of the entrapped citizens. 
As for defenses, a city was largely reliant on its height advantage. From the wall, they could shoot arrows, throw stones, pour hot liquid, try to set fires, try to dislodge battering rams with chains. But often, what would stop a siege was out of the city's control. A contagious sickness in the attacking army, a military emergency elsewhere to draw them away, or that the enemy would have overestimated their economic ability to last. You know, one of the things that King David was known for was uh, his faith. And this faith had courage that didn't make sense from a human standpoint. But he recognized that the greatest weapon that he could ever have was God. The spirit of God empowering David and empowering Israel was the, the the biggest, the strongest, the only weapon that they needed. And that attitude, that faith is reflected all throughout the Psalms and is something therefore that you and I should also be reflecting on today. It's the greatest thing. It's the only thing that we really need. That's really interesting, Corey. What a great piece. Excellent. Ryan? All right, well, today I'm continuing and concluding my three-part study in which we explored some of the largest underwater fish and reptiles known to mankind. So in today's segment, we're going to be exploring some of the largest mammals of the sea. And while some of them now seem to be extinct, others are still with us. As a matter of fact, the largest creature that God ever created, as far as we know, is an underwater mammal that is still with us today. Can you guess what it is? Let's study. While the sea has been home to many monumentally massive fish and reptiles, the fossil record reveals that some of the very largest of the underwater life have actually been mammals. For instance, while many are familiar with the gentle seaweed grazing dugongs and manatees, endearingly referred to as cows of the sea, very few are aware that there were once monstrous versions of these animals. Consider Hydrodemolus gigas, or as it is more commonly referred to, stellar sea cow. It's named after the doctor and naturalist Wilhelm Steller, who in 1741 first discovered and observed these creatures in action before they went extinct. Steller was on board the ship of famous Danish explorer Vitus Bering, for whom the Bering Strait received its name, when they became shipwrecked on an island that now also bears Bering's name. Stranded for months, Steller had the rare opportunity to observe herds of these gigantic sea cows, which lived in the shallow waters surrounding the islands in the Bering Sea. Over the months, the doctor was able to record many details about these gentle and peaceful creatures. Though they had rather small heads, their bodies were massive. In fact, they could grow to lengths of up to 25 feet or more, and weigh up to more than 10 tons. Steller also noticed that this slow-moving beast of the sea seemed totally unafraid of people, as it would pay no attention to the boats that came right up to it. Another extinct marine animal of monstrous proportions was the snake-like Bacillosaurus. Though its name means king reptile, it was actually a mammal, and interestingly had many similarities to whales. For example, like whales, and in fact all other marine mammals, Bacillosaurus gave birth to live young and suckled them with milk underwater. It's also believed that Bacillosaurus had a tail-like fluke or flipper, which could move up and down. Though similar to whales in many respects, it also had significant differences. One major difference was its very long snake-like body and relatively small head. 
Rivaling the sperm whale in length, Bacillosaurus could grow to be 65 feet long and weigh in at anywhere between 8 to 10 tons. Yet the most massive of all the marine mammals, and in fact the most massive animal in the entire world as far as we know, is Balaenoptera musculus, which is actually still alive today. Commonly known as the blue whale, this massive monster can reach lengths of up to 100 feet and weigh up to 200 tons. Its tongue alone weighs more than an elephant, and its heart is about the size of a compact automobile, weighing more than half a ton. It contains 10 tons of blood and is so massive that a small child could crawl through one of its major blood vessels. Yet the blue whale breaks more than just size records. For instance, it's the fastest growing animal on Earth, it migrates farther than any other, and is also the loudest, with a whistle that can reach 188 decibels. So over the last three days, we've witnessed some of the largest fish, reptiles, and mammals of the seas. And these massive creatures are an amazing testimony to their brilliant creator. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a new appreciation for the world that God has made for us. Of course, it is currently marred by sin and death because of man's disobedience in Eden. But soon and very soon, Jesus Christ is coming to redeem it all. It will be made new. In fact, it will be made new. And Romans 8 says all creation groans waiting for the revealing of the sons of man. And mm -hmm. uh, that, that's, that's amazing because God is it's telling God is, that God is coming back and he's going to change everything. And by the way, just so you understand, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, but we're also on Rumble. Rumble's a great new, it's new for us. It's a great uh, presentation, social media presentation like YouTube. And uh, so check us out on Rumble. Janice? All right. Well, let God arise. Psalm 68 is an amazing messianic psalm. And I remember the days, Rod, when we would go into church. A lot of times it was on a Sunday evening. And we would start by singing, Let God arise, his enemies be scattered. Let God arise, his enemies be scattered. Let God arise, his enemies be scattered. Let God, let God arise. And I'll tell you something, by the time we got finished singing that little chorus, we were ready for the Lord to return. And we felt victorious, God, Rod, because God is victorious. And, and, and we need to celebrate the victory that God has brought to us. And this psalm is a particularly wonderful messianic psalm. And um, I just want to bring in, in the middle of this psalm, David reminds himself. And he reminds all of us, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. And there's an exclamation mark and a selah, a time for us to meditate on that. And I think in these days, in these troubled times, and yes, there are things that we are going through in this generation that are very difficult, things that we have never seen in our generation. Certainly our children and our grandchildren have never seen in this generation. And, and, and sometimes it can seem very dismal. It can seem very daunting. It can seem very hopeless. 
um, as the Lord tarries, what will this bring for our grandchildren? What will this bring to our children? But we need to remind ourselves, let God arise. His enemies will be scattered. God is the great judge and he is coming back to the earth and we need to be ready for him. That's why we're here with this program. We want to encourage you to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you to be reconciled to your heavenly father. We want you to know his word. We want you to be able to to read it and to understand it as best as we can with the help of God's Holy Spirit so that we can get it into our hearts, so that we can get it into our minds, so that we can become a people, not a perfect people, that's for sure. We cannot be perfect people here on this earth, but through God's help, we can be his ambassadors. We can tell our testimonies. We can let people see how God has changed us and is in the process of changing us. We are works in order every day. We are, we are being changed by God. I love this book. Ryan got this book for me many years ago called Treasures in the Psalms by Henry M. Morris. And at the end of Psalm 68, I wanted to just read here uh, the way he, he, oh, it's, <clears throat> Ryan, I'll tell you something. It is such a book that is so in-depth. Mm-hmm. I read it and then I, I think to myself, wait a minute, what? I need to go back. This whole book is mm-hmm. just on sections of the Psalms that it is so deep that that you recognize the dimension of God's word this this book people is not just a book this is this is written by God at, through men and women given to us by God's holy spirit and when you get involved in understanding with your segments with your segments and 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 learning together the depth the breadth the height of God's word is incredible let me I'm getting off on on a tangent here. Let me let me uh, finish this psalm off by Henry M. Morris. Psalm 68 then closes with an exhortation to praise and bless the God who has done and will do all these wonderful acts. He is not only the king whose goings are in the earthly sanctuary. He is the mighty one who rides on the heavens of heavens. He resides above all heavens where he ascended after his resurrection that he might fulfill all things. He is greater than the infinite cosmos for he created and upholds and fills it and yet he cares about his people. He gives strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. You know, I want to thank you for joining us uh, on the prayer meeting at 3.30 to 4.30, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Eastern Time, or New York Time in North America. And we have people all over the world who join us. So thank you for doing that. It continues to grow. And we have a chance to pray for you. So join our prayer team. Today, let's pray and say, Lord, I need your goodness in my life. No matter the circumstances, I want to praise your name. So Father, today, I praise 
your name.